Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. Yeah, I'm Pastor Cameron, um, and it's uh, uh, we were, I was able Sunday in January, but then it's, I think I've only been here once since then. <laughs> uh, so it's good to be back. Um, and if you're new here or just as a refresher, you know, we do church a little differently. We rotate speakers. We have a church in uh, uh, on the north side, uh, almost out in the country in, in Kalamazoo, as well as one downtown Kalamazoo in the Vine uh, neighborhood. And the vision is to borrow the resources or to maximize the resources between all three of the churches. And so the men's retreat coming up is a great example of that. It's, uh, you know, Vera Lake Bible Camp and... Uh, um, What's his name? Uh, Joe. <laughs> Joe Hughes <laughs> uh, runs the camp, so we're connected with them. And and uh, last year it was really good because a lot of the guys from Kalamazoo came as well as, as guys from here, and some relationships were built between the two campuses. And uh, and uh, it, it, there's a synergy when when we work together as churches. Uh, each strength from each church helps the other church. And uh, you don't know this, but <clears throat> A few months ago, I had uh, hired a consultant to come and give me advice about how to move forward, uh, managing three churches within Michigan, and then there's seven New Day churches total um, that kind of operate on a different level, the uh, the other uh, four. Um, And he visited this church as well as the Nichols Church and the Vine Church, and he gave me a report. And I just want to let you know that of all the churches, he actually liked this one the best. All right, really? It was like I was like, oh, really? <laughs> when no, when he was when he was giving the evaluation, like in every category, uh, the worship, the atmosphere, the greeting, the hospitality, the freedom. He was like, he just like uh, it, it just he was he had a glowing report for this congregation, and and the way that encourages me. Is that you know we're just barely two years old down here, and and we're we've pulled together uh, leaders. Most of the people that are in functioning here now are all just from this area, and so you're doing good. It's a, you're doing a really good job, and I'm really excited. And I think that just speaks to the um, potential that we have here in Vandalia and really Cass County to reach. Uh, Thousands, you know, there's 52,000 people that live within a 20-minute drive of where you're sitting, and most of those people have no connection with God and certainly no connection with a with a life-giving church. And so we have the potential here. You are the core team uh, to reach this region as we work together with all the other churches in our area. And I just want to say, good job, well done. I wasn't here the Sunday he came, and so it's just a, it was really encouraging to get a good report from that. All right, uh, I am going to be speaking on uh, uh, anger, so i got to get in the right mood, all right? <laughs> so we, we've been going through a series on emotions, and um, uh, I've, I, I actually, one time I was like thinking about emotions, and I, I boiled them down to anger, 
and not anger. <laughs> I might not have been in a good mood that day. <laughs> uh, I really see anger as one of the uh, one of the driving core uh, emotions. And uh, you know, we we titled the the series emoticons, and those are those little things you type on your phone or a computer to express emotions when you text or email. And so, um, uh, you know, here's some for happy. There's all kinds of different ones for happy. That's a big smiley face. That's, I guess, a guy with a clown nose. I don't know. Uh, uh, that's a pointy nose. I don't know how you make that symbol. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but where's that on the keyboard? <laughs> right? There's, there's different ones for sad or crying. Uh, it's really sad. That's a common one for for crying. Uh, this is this is fat guy happy face. <laughs> this is a little guy happy face. One I liked uh, particularly was fish. Uh, they said it was a Christian symbol. <laughs> It'd be really hard to type in. Eh? <laughs> uh, here's one for disapproval. I like that one. Um, there's actually thousands of these, and then these are emoticons, and then the emoji are the ones that are, are actually cartoon figures, and those are now uh, really popular because they've integrated them in. Uh, today I'm going to be speaking on uh, anger, and so that's it. Uh, scowling face, <clears throat> uh, and uh, uh, delving into some of the uh, issues of anger. And I just want to tell you a little story. Um, uh, I was this happened a couple of years ago, sitting in the Secretary of State office. How many love to go to the Secretary of State office? <clears throat> Uh, you work for the state, so you can count. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and there's this guy a couple of rows behind. Uh, I was with, I think, Lewis, may have been William, one of my sons. And, uh, you know, there was a wait. And there was this other guy, who's, he was really angry about waiting. And he was cursing. I don't like people cursing in public. I don't like cursing pretty much at all. But <laughs> it just bugs me when people are using the F word and, you know, you know blankety blank, blankety blank. It's just rude. And I don't know, so like my kid, a little kid, was, he was younger then. So he was cursing, complaining out loud. Everybody could hear him. How long he had to wait. And I then got angry at his behavior. <laughs> right? So he was angry at waiting. I was angry at him. And, uh, and so what I did, I, uh, is I, I, I had just heard this uh, story on the radio about these, this these people, there's people in primarily Africa, but Africa and Asia as well. well there's one story on uh, a man who has lived his entire life in a refugee camp. Okay? He was born in the refugee camp. He grew up in his, he's in the, his 20s now, and he's still in a refugee camp in Africa, and there's nothing he can do to get out of that refugee camp. And he's constantly having to fill out forms and trying to do it. And you can't get a job in a refugee camp, okay? Because people have lived for decades in refugee camp. There's a refugee camp in uh, another part of Africa that there's actually, they're going on the whole second generation. Like the first people that moved in have died. Uh, and the governments are arguing about, these are not my people. We don't, nobody wants them. And they're stuck. And this is a group of, of like, Tens of thousands of people. It's a whole separate thing. And so I actually started telling this to my son loud enough for the guy that was swearing to hear. I was like, can you imagine, Lewis? 
living your whole life having to wait on some government agency <laughs> to give you everything and you had nothing you could do about it? And so I went on and on about that a little bit. <clears throat> and then I also had heard just that day about a two-week-long traffic jam <laughs> in China. I said, can you imagine, Louis, sitting in your car for two weeks? What are you going to do? Gosh, I said, wouldn't it be, you know what would be fun? I said, we should, there should be a reality TV show that takes Americans and drops them in the middle of these places. <laughs> now, this guy was totally silent by this time. <laughs> and, and it made a great sermon illustration, didn't it? <laughs> so we get so disconnected of the sufferings of others, and we're sitting in a comfortable chair. I was in a comfortable chair. With televisions, not just one television. There was like televisions all over the Secretary of State. Air conditioning, there was water, was nice clean bathroom, all the comforts of home practically. And I'm complaining because I have to wait 20 minutes or 30 minutes to get my license plate to drive on great roads in a safe country. Uh -huh. um, <clears throat> but anger, you know, I understand it. Anger is ubiquitous, it's pervasive, and it's an underlying emotion that often is the root of other emotions and behaviors. And most people don't know how to connect uh, anger and uh, what's going on in their life. And it's very, very important that we understand how anger works in and how anger drives our emotions. Anger can be both good and bad, and we need to understand it in order to learn how to respond properly to anger. <clears throat> So first off, God is angry. God is angry. Famous sermon by Jonathan uh, Edwards. Um, Sinners in the hand of an angry God. Right? How many have heard of that sermon? Right? That, that sermon actually you know, was the start of a revival. And it was necessary at the time because people were living... Uh, immorally, and uh, it was uh, led to a lot of repentance, a great awakening, and uh, he's considered the first American scholar, by the way. Um, but uh, there is a truth. God is angry. And Christians, we often struggle at this idea that to reconcile the God of love, God is love, it says in the Bible, and yet throughout Scripture we see him displaying his wrath and his anger in many situations, many circumstances. Uh, Psalm uh, 7:11 says, God is a just God, and God is angry with the wicked every day. That's intense. God does not what? God does not change, right? He's constant unchanging. And so there's an aspect of God that is angry all the time, continually. It's not like he has moods, all right? He comes and goes. Because, listen, God is dealing with, he has, he has influence and is influenced by every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. There's, what, seven billion now? All right? So you know there's a lot of really wicked things happening right now. Horrible, horrible, horrible things that would make you sick to your stomach if not vomit. 
There's a lot of beautiful things happening right now, too. Wonderful things. People are falling in love right now. You know? People are having their first child right now. You know? All kinds of beautiful things are happening right now. People are getting healed. People are dying. Right? And so God has the full range of emotions going on because he's, and he's, just, he's just that big. All right? But this idea that every day there's, a, there's an aspect of God that is, is angry. But he's angry at appropriate things. He's angry at wickedness. We're going to explain this a little, unpack this a little bit. Another scripture, that's Old Testament. Okay, what about New Testament? <clears throat> New Testament says the same thing. God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful Wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. New Testament truth. God is still angry at wickedness and wicked people, people that are operating in wickedness. Again, I'll tell you why, but we just need to embrace the idea. We, as a church, emphasize a loving, grace-based message of God. God is our loving Father. And that's absolutely true. But there's something you need to know about Dad. <laughs> okay, he can be very angry. He's always angry for just things. God is a just God. He's fair. He's righteous. He's true, and he's merciful. But in that mercy, he is angry at the wicked. All right. <clears throat> How about Jesus? Well, but Jesus is a nice one, right? <laughs> All right. And when Jesus looked around at them, this is interacting with some of the Pharisees, uh, he, he looked around at them with anger. In other words, you could see the anger on his face. He was mad at these people, right? Being grieved by the hardness of the heart. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. This is like they were challenging him. You can't heal on the sun, on Sabbath. And he was like, and he was mad at them for for twisting scripture and misunderstanding the point and not having uh, mercy on this person who was who was who was uh, a handicap. And so he was grieved at the hardness of their heart. And he looked at the person who was uh, had a lame hand. He said, "Stretch out your hand." And he stretched out his hand. It was restored as whole as the other. So, and in, if you read through scripture, I only just pull out a couple of references. There's lots of references both to God being angry and to Jesus being angry. He got angry at his disciples. <laughs> he got angry at the Pharisees. Uh, he was angry at, when uh, his friend Lazarus died. There's a lot many times. And so anger is a valid emotion. Um, and we need to learn when it's good and when it's not good. Some emotions are never valid. I think uh, uh, jealousy and greed, as we heard about, uh, is something that is, is really never valid. But Ian, God is jealous, right? Uh, Kathy balanced that too. So there's a, a proper place for jealousy uh, when, when, because God is righteous. There's, I'm going to quote a number of times from a book called Disordered Love. Its author is William Stafford, and he writes about anger. He says, Jesus' blood sacrifice of himself reversed the curse on anger. It expressed, it expressed God's eternal, accurate judgment on sin. So when Jesus died on the cross, it was an, an expression of God's eternal, accurate judgment on sin. But beneath that, the still deeper truth 
that God was reconciling the world to himself. And so in the act of Christ's suffering and death on the cross, we see both the wrath of God against sin, the punishment of sin, but through that came our deliverance from the very sin. All right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mystery, but it's also just a beautiful uh, complementary truth that in the expression of God's wrath, he brings redemption. Okay? <clears throat> Important point. God's anger is born from his commitment to the relationship that human sin denies. It is good. All right? Uh, God's anger is born from the commitment that he has that, uh, for human relationship. And sin denies the ability for a healthy relationship. It gets in the way. It breaks relationship. And so that's why God uh, is angry at sin's effect of breaking relationship between humans on every level, every type of relationship, and between him and, and people. God's wrath at sin, uh, sin's rejection of relationship with him, is the storm front of his love. And I thought that was a very beautiful statement, that God's wrath is the storm front of his love. Have you ever seen a storm front come barreling through? And it's mean, right? Lightning bolts, dark, sometimes tornadoes. But it brings a rain. Right? And so once a storm front comes through, it brings a blessing. And, and in this sense, God's wrath is the storm front of his love. Yeah, I thought it was good. Romans 5, uh, 6, it says... Uh, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually choose to die. Uh, but God proves his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more uh, surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. So again, this scripture kind of combines the ideas of, of, of God's love uh, being expressed while we were still in the place of a sinner, while we were wicked, while we were under his wrath, God's love was able to bring redemption so that we now are saved from that very wrath. Um, uh, that God uh, was not hindered by that. In Christ, the wrath of God and the love of God are brought together in a perfect balance, in unity. Okay, Listen to this. God's, uh, lo his love, God's love does not diminish His wrath, nor does His wrath diminish His, his love. Okay, So God, because He's big, <laughs> He's... He's sovereign, he's righteous, he's completely just. He is able to manage being uh, really angry at sin and being really loving of the sinner at the same time with no compromise. All right? Uh, it, it, there's no confusion in God. He's big enough to handle both of them at the, at the right time. But we're not. <laughs> All right? We have a difficulty balancing anger and love, and we often get confused and out of balance, All right? uh, which leads to sin. When, when we confuse the two, we get them out of balance. It leads to improper, destructive behavior or sin. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 26, 
be angry. You love that command. I love that command. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the commands that we, we often forget. Be angry, but do not sin. All right, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. And he goes on, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, I'm going to, the next couple of slides, we're going to talk about what this means. But everything I'm going to say is actually just unpacking this verse. We can be angry and not sin. And he goes on to give specific expressions of anger that need to be put away. And then the reverse of that that need to be put on, behaviors that we need to embrace. We can actually be tender-hearted and if we deal with our anger in an appropriate way. But if we don't deal with our anger in an appropriate way, it's really hard to be tender-hearted. Okay? It doesn't mean that we don't have anger. Everyone has anger. All right? Everyone has anger. Say that out loud. Everyone has anger. Say, I have anger. Say, I'm mad. Maybe not right now. But you get mad. And that's okay. God gets mad, right? We're made in God's image. And so the biggest problem that I've had in pastoral ministry is when people don't admit that they're angry. And they'll have a behavior, and I'll say, listen, you're doing that because you're angry. I'm not angry. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> you know, I'm, it's, And they don't see how there's a, there's a connection. But the Bible says anger should not lead us to sin. All right? Anger, so we can learn a lot from this verse. First of all, the anger and our response to anger are distinct. Okay, separate. <clears throat> uh, uh, separate. So the anger, the feeling of anger, the emotion of anger, and how we respond to anger are two separate things. And learning that there's a distinction there, that we can separate the two, is very, very important. Uh, lesson in order to get a, get a handle on this and get a control on it. That, that we are commanded to be angry, but we're, uh, and we can. It's permissible. It's not only permissible, you're commanded to be angry. Um, but we're also commanded to not sin in that anger. Right? Now, because we're fallen creatures, we've been influenced and we're unhealed in a lot of areas, we get angry about stuff we're not supposed to get angry and we don't get angry about the stuff that we're supposed to get angry about. Okay, And that's where the confusion comes in. And then we start reacting to both uh, good and wrong anger, and it creates uh, a negative cycle. So right anger serves and protects something good. Okay, Right anger, proper anger, is when that anger exists to protect and to serve something that's good, like your family, all right, or your children. Someone's going to hurt your children, you get angry. That's a good response, all right? If there's injustice happening, you want to protect justice, you want to protect an innocent person from being wrongfully persecuted or taken advantage of, that's appropriate to get angry about. You see someone uh, lying or uh, spreading deceit, it's okay to get angry about that, all right? 
it, because you want to protect the good. Proper anger is very important to pro if it's protecting something good. Uh, this is another quote from us, uh, the, the guy I talked about earlier. In a social world, there could be no justice without right anger. Right? right anger is commitment to human integrity and the social fabric. In other words, social fabric is how people relate to one another. You know, the worst situation is not a bad government. The worst situation is no government, a failed state like a Moz uh, Mozambique, uh, Mogadishu, right? Somalia. It's a failed. There is no government. It's just run by gangs. Uh, uh, and there's lots of places in the world where that is. Uh, and so the social fabric has completely fallen apart. And there's just the, whoever's got the biggest gun and the biggest temper is in charge. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Government, like we pulled out of Somalia because we can't deal with it. The United States, uh, it's a failed state. Uh, uh, and so right anger is a commitment to human integrity and the social fabric, not the reverse, okay? Um, in other words, not breaking down uh, human integrity and the social fabric. It acts to defend life and justice. In this sense, it is possible to be angry in love, okay? Thus, angry feelings are not necessarily sinful, neither are the actions born of such anger. The kingdom of God has not yet fully come, and until it does, anger is the right response to some realities. When people are being harmed, when injustice is happening, when, when, when relationships are being broken because of, of, of uh, destructive behavior, it's right to respond with anger. And if that anger then uh, leads you to do something that promotes integrity, that promotes uh, community that promotes relationships, all right? It restores. Wrong anger is sin against the gift of social life, okay? Improper anger breaks relationship. Proper anger builds relationship, protects relationship, all right? And so you know whether your anger, you're dealing with your anger well if as a result of the anger, some relationship is improved, okay? You protect, and it, if you end up not talking to someone, like your spouse or your kids, because you're angry, then that's not the right response. Does that make sense? All right. Um, <clears throat> anger is the sin against the gift of social life. Uh, sinful anger has no neighbors, <laughs> only enemies and obstacles. Sinful anger is a destructive movement against a neighbor on one's own account apart from God. So in other words, you're just taking control because you're fed up. And, and God's not part of the solution, all right? You're not consulting with God. You're not submitting with God. You're just uh, trying to change things because you're mad. And that ends up uh, creating destructive uh, behavior. Sinful anger is the weapon of the false self seeking his own goals by destroying his neighbor. And that's kind of what Luke touched on, that if we were filled uh, with the Father's love, if we were overflowing with the Father's love, and had that in us, then when some injustice happened or some, uh, something happened in our lives or we see something happening, we would have enough love to compensate the anger, right? To balance that out so that we could respond in a way that brings healing instead of allowing our anger to cause more pain and devastation, all right? Wrong anger occurs when deciding what is right 
is not left to God or to anyone else, uh, just us, <laughs> myself. Um, anger is also a sin against God and not only against the neighbor when it makes the self the absolute center and displaces God. And so when I become the judge, jury, and executioner, you've crossed the line. All right? and, that, and that doesn't happen just because you feel anger. It happens because you responded to anger in inappropriate ways. So how to handle anger? And this is really the meat of what I want to get to. Uh, we all have anger. Anger pops up in many different ways. And we want to know how to, uh, how to do it. The first step is to acknowledge it. Anger as an emotion is neither right or wrong. It's an emotional response to something perceived. Everybody say perceived. Do you know that your perceptions are often not accurate? <laughs> In fact, I would say they're never accurate completely. Your perception is only your perception, and you only have a very small fraction of the story. And so if you learn that, it just, it just helps you manage life a lot better. Because you give people time and you realize, I've, had, I've been in arguments or discussions with people. <laughs> Not only my wife, other people do. <laughs> you know, halfway through the discussion, I realized I completely misunderstood everything they were saying. If you're texting, yeah. Oh, yeah, texting is it's really dangerous. But I've been in the room, hour-long discussion, and realized, oh, wait a minute. I just thought you were saying something totally different. And, you know, if I'd gotten mad, and in the past I had gotten mad and found out I just misunderstood, then you just feel like an idiot, right? So it's better to go, okay, I just, this is my perception. And so whether the perception is accurate or not, you can have a legitimate anger. You have to remember, this is just my perception of a threat, um, of, of something as being harmful or unjust. The judgment from which, we, uh, from which the emotion flows may be right or wrong, correct or incorrect, but to deal with the anger, you must separate the two. So in other words, if someone does something that provokes anger in you, then you, then you make, from that emotional response, then you make a judgment. That person is wrong. That person is wicked. That person doesn't like me. Uh, <clears throat> I'll say something. Let me, let me share something. 25 years, almost 30 years of ministry, every time I have counseled with someone that said, so-and-so hates me, every time when we got to the root of it, it wasn't so-and-so hated them. The person that was talking to me had hate in their heart toward that person. Every time. If you, if, if you think someone doesn't like you, Chances are there's something in them you don't like. All right, it's a hard truth to learn, but that's anger. That's anger, twisting it a little bit to make them the guilty one, to preserve your own perception. When in reality you're misunderstanding the whole thing because you're so twisted by the emotion. All right. So it's okay. What the, I'm trying to share how, how you deal with that. You step back and go, oh, I'm feeling angry. Oh, I just, I'm tempted to make a judgment. And judgments are almost always wrong. When you judge someone, don't judge. At least you be judged, right? 
So instead of saying that person is, hates me or that person is, is wicked or that person is selfish or that person is a liar, you, just, you say, my perception of what's going on here is that you're behaving in a way that is dishonest. or You, you talk to them or you, you're talking to someone else. This person seems to be saying this rather than making a judgment. Does that make sense? And so you just you take a step back and realize the judgment that you make uh, may or may not be correct. <clears throat> Anger is a right, rational, uh, proper response to injustice and sometimes to fear and threats. So if it is right, you know, some people are angry, and I'm going, you should be angry. In fact, you should be more angry, right? Because, you know, someone, got, someone stole something that belonged to you, someone violated you. I mean, people get raped, people get uh, killed. Uh, there's a, you know, family in our church, a mother got murdered, all right? That's something you need to be angry about. <clears throat> but if our perception is incorrect, or we base a judgment against a person based on our emotion, it ends up corrupting us. See? And this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how to deal with our own anger so it doesn't end up breaking us more. How to respond to our own anger. The worst response to anger is internalizing it. Deep sixing. You know what that means? Deep sixing? Burying it. Six feet under, right? Yeah. Uh, deep down, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. You're angry. <laughs> That's hard preaching with your wife in the front row, I'm just saying. <laughs> Everybody's angry. Everybody's angry. All right? You just express it differently. Some people express it passively, right? That passivity is driven by anger because they don't feel that they can control it, and so they shut down. That is the worst response to anger. It is more destructive uh, because uh, denying, ignoring, blaming yourself, justifying the wrong act or feeling, all of those things are ways that you deep-six it, that you uh, internalize it. And what happens is, if it's not dealt with, it'll produce bitterness. And that's a general, he's being a little uptight about everybody, right? And that then uh, progresses to malice, to where you're actually mad at everybody all the time, including God. All right? And that is really, really, it's, it usually takes place after a long time. <clears throat> it also leads to passive-aggressive behavior. I don't have time to explain all that. Google it. It's a, it, it's a con difficult concept to get, but it, people respond in ways that hurts others, but ways that can't be nailed down. Little passive-aggressive behaviors, and the root of it is anger. They won't actually say, I'm angry uh, about this or that, because they've, they don't even know they're angry, because they've hidden it so, so down. The thing is, anger leaks out. And so if you don't deal with your anger, it's going to leak out somewhere. If you just swallow it, it'll go down and eventually it'll pop out in other relationships. You'll get mad at somebody else because you don't feel like you can talk to the person that you're really mad at. And it just, it just eats away inside of you. All right? Worst response to anger is? Internalizing. <clears throat> the next worst 
we're going from worst to best, is violent outbreaks. For God, how many times are I going to tell you? Clean up this room. Sorry, Kath. Grab your keys. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. That's not, that doesn't make it better. You know, there's a cycle. Can I fix it later? <laughs> All right. How many have done it? No, don't raise your hand. <laughs> um, right. Violent outbursts, throwing, breaking things, hurting others or yourself, getting intoxicated, no matter what it is on. Uh, if you get, uh, uh, it's often an expression of anger, stealing, other violent behavior, any destructive behavior like that that is an expression of anger is bad. It's not the worst because at least it can be identified as anger. You can't deny it anymore. Right? You know, uh, now what happens is people will do that and then they won't feel angry anymore. But it doesn't resolve the root of the anger. It just kind of gives a, a vent, uh, relieves some of the pressure, but it doesn't resolve things. And what it actually does is it makes things worse because now you got to deal with the the injustice and the hurt caused by the angry outburst and you may never actually get to the thing that made you angry in the first place okay so that's not very good at all <clears throat> a poor response is inappropriate verbal expression so name calling snide remarks right cruel behavior uh, sarcasm, cursing, swearing, outbursts, yelling, shouting. Okay. Now people will say, "Well, I'm, I've never hit anybody, but words can hurt." And sometimes it's it's not yelling. You know, I I, I yell when I talk quietly. Amen. All right. <laughs> Get out of the room. <laughs> My kids know it. <laughs> Do it now, <laughs> right? Um, and there's a point where it's, uh, there's a command because of imminent danger or something like that. Something needs to be done. But if it's out of a un unresolved anger, you're constantly just snipping, snipping at a person. That's that's unresolved anger somewhere. And sometimes you don't even know. It's been years, so it takes time to find the root of that. It's because it's better because no one's hurt, but it still perpetuates a negative cycle. The proper response to anger, please get this, is appropriate verbal expression. Right? It is always the right response to the emotion, feeling, anger. Is that you have to talk about it. You have to uh, talk through the emotions and, and get it out of you. Rational expression of feelings without blaming or denial. You know, honey, I'm angry that, I feel angry because when this happened, it made me feel unheard, like I was not being considered. Oh, really? That's not at all what I meant. See, you, you can deal with it, right? I feel angry because... Don't say, I'm angry because you always are such a da 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 that's, that's the unhealthy way. But I, in a rational, balanced way, but you actually get it out, you express, I am angry. And there's something, especially if you can talk through it and the other person listens, 
it, it can resolve the anger and it just evaporates. It builds intimacy. Yeah, and that actually builds incredible intimacy between that. And what, who does, not only your spouse, but the boss with, a, with, a, with an employee. Listen, man, John, uh, you've, been, you've been working here for a year, but let me just say I'm really upset right now because uh, when this happens, it causes this, which causes this, and I, I need to deal with this. And if you say it in a, in a rather than you know just getting mad and yelling, you talk through it, you'll actually have a better employee, or you'll have a better relationship with your employer, uh, or a teacher, or a, a child. And it works in every relationship. <clears throat> All right, some remedies. I'm going to wrap this up in just a few minutes. Um, once it's expressed, once it's out, once you have acknowledged that something that you have anger in you, you need to do some things with it. And the first thing is to confess it. All right? Be specific about the feelings and the facts. Confess it to God. Confess it to others. This is the same way of verbally expressing. Anger is the, is the best way to resolve it in a natural relationship. But say you're just, you just feel like you have this gnawing anger. You're constantly striving with stuff. You, know, you just need to take it to God and confess it. Get it out in the open. Sit down with someone that's a, a spiritual mentor to you and talk about your feelings. Um, anger is emotional acid. It needs to be neutralized. And if it doesn't get neutralized, it, it causes uh, destruction and decay in other parts of your uh, emotions and other parts of your life. Once you confess it, you need to stop all behavior that flows from sinful anger. This is still talking about that verse back in Ephesians. Be angry, do not sin. Put off. Uh, and he listed a whole bunch of uh, behaviors. And I'm going to expand on those behaviors. Stop yelling. Stop cursing. Stop complaining. Stop hitting. Stop breaking. Stop verbally or physically abusing yourself or others, stealing, vandalizing, undermining, internalizing, self-mutilating, repeating the incident over and over in your mind. That just builds the anger. And the way you stop it is to confess it. Talk about it. Get it out and and sort through it. And then you don't have to keep running it over in your mind. Stop accusing, justifying, judging, rationalizing. Stop being offended, withdrawing, getting even, isolating, giving up, or breaking down. <laughs> I thought that would be kind of funny, but I guess it's not too funny. <laughs> yeah, confession, then repentance. That's all it is. You know, put off all these destructive behaviors, um, and then uh, uh, forgive one another, love one another, treat one another with kindness. Uh, and to do that, I think if you look at the world and your situation from God's perspective, like I did in the Secretary of State, I thought, let's get a perspective on this. We're sitting for an hour in a comfortable place with air conditioning. It's, you know, and, and, and I'm, I know that at the end of this hour, my problem is going to be solved. Uh, see the people that you're dealing with in the situation as God does. Get your eyes off yourself. Right? Uh, one's most obnoxious neighbor or the person you're dealing with that's making you angry is someone Jesus died on the cross for. Someone that's loved by God as much as you are. And that just changes your perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Then listen. Listen to their side of the story, their point of view. Understand uh, those involved as whole beings and not 
uh, just the perceived wrong they did. So what's going on in their life? Why did they treat you that way? Why were they so sharp or why were they so harsh? Who knows, man? You never, you never know what someone's going through. You never know. Someone may have just gotten diagnosed with cancer or their parent just died. You don't know. Uh, and so they're going through a bad day. Make their day better. Don't get angry at them. Listen to God. How would, how would he have you respond? <clears throat> Ask God, okay, God, this is making me angry. What do I do with it? It's a great opportunity to hear God's voice in a, a practical way and make a change in your life. All right. Uh, direct the energy of your anger in a productive way. Be angry at what God gets angry at. All right. And then use that anger, that passion, to produce change first in you and then in the circumstances. All right. And that's using anger the way it's supposed to be used. It's the anger that motivated God to send his son to die on the cross. Right. Because he was angry at sin and it motivated him to a solution, which is Jesus coming to bring redemption. We can do the same thing. And then allow God to defend you. Romans 12 says, Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And so you can step back and say, You know what? End result, so far it's not fair what happened to me. But I'm going to let God deal with that. Because he's better at that than I am. And every time I try to make it right, I just make it worse. So I'm going to step back and say, God, I'm giving you that vengeance because vengeance belongs to you, and I'm going to trust that you're going to, you're going to make it right. All right. Now, if you don't do that, <clears throat> uh, uh, then you end up making God your enemy because you're robbing it from him. Vengeance is his. Right? So God avenges the innocent. If you avenge yourself, you make God your enemy, not your avenger. All right, and that doesn't sound like a good place to be, does it? All right, uh, and remember the verse: mercy triumphs over judgment. And so, rather than making a judgment, it's better to respond in mercy. Doesn't mean you don't have feelings of anger, but you, when you process those feelings properly, at, that anger can actually be a motivating force to produce uh, life-giving change in you and in your world. All right, let's just close in prayer. So, yeah, can you just close your eyes? And maybe you can think of something that makes you angry, or maybe you're angry about something right now, or maybe you're one of those persons that says, well, I never get angry. Well, then I'm praying for you especially. (laughs) All right, because there's a good chance that there's stuff that makes you angry and you're just unaware of it. Um, Lord, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you are our loving Father. But we also acknowledge that, that there, is, there is this anger, that you balance uh, wrath and love perfectly, but we can't. Lord, I ask you now to give an impartation. Uh, I ask you to stretch out your hand, reach into the minds and even the spirits and the souls of the people in this room. So... Father, that we as as your children can also learn how to deal with our anger in a way that brings life and not death, that brings healing and not hurt. 
And Father, I pray that uh, you would take some of the words that I've said and help the people in this room, as well as myself, uh, properly deal with anger in a way that honors you and that gives life to others and frees us from all sin. In Jesus' name, amen.